Order the Tony Cerni limited edition brush set from Trekkle using code SD20 for a 10% discount. Once again, use promo code SD20 at checkout. T-R-E-K-E-L-L, one K and two L's. Trekkle.com, shipping now. Order my, my brush set, my brush set, my brush set, my brush set. Yo. Hey, what's up? What's up, man? It's Jay Braun. I don't know. I'm waiting for him, I guess. I guess we're all waiting. It's, uh, he has three do minutes. We, do we, do we even need to wait for him? <laughs> Probably not, but you know. How you doing? Doing all right. Just whatever. Kind of same shit, you know, stressful, stupid, all this stuff. There he is. What's up, Jay Brown? Yo, are we rolling? Oh, there he is. There he is. is. Hey, J. Braun, we're rolling. It's recording. Wow, we all look great. Holy sh**. Yeah, we look amazing. I like that Zenyatta Mandata shirt you got. I know. Got to have the Zenyatta Mandata. Before we get too deeply into this, I want to direct your attention to jbraun.com, which prominently features the um, podcast. Go take a look real quick. I see. You're back. Oh, I see it. Rad, dude. Go, go to the uh, go to the page. This is uh, Squarespace, right? Oh, cool, nice, dude. With uh, Gurney. Yeah, but Gurney yeah, Journey. Read the the uh, the the URL. A podcast with a couple jerks. <laughs> you read it out loud, Jay Braun. He's got Dallas internet. The be fine art painters, and together they embarked on art careers that included stints with Disney, Ralph Bakshi, and through the golden years at MTV Animation Studios on the radio. <laughs> Each becoming masters of contemporary realism. Sometimes I can't believe I'm working with these guys, but then when you hear the episodes, they do they do without me generally. They're not as good. <laughs> we talk to artists across. Nice. Very good. Very it's good. It's true. It's true. We'll always try and get you to come along, Jay. I know. Here I am. Now, now you have to get. So what are we doing? An intro for Josh LaRock? Yeah. <laughs> Let me start by saying that this was a short but very enjoyable episode. Yeah. It was recorded long enough ago that I don't exactly remember the whole conversation, so I'm kind of looking forward to listening to it myself. Josh is a really, really good artist. So it's, Josh uh, is a super, like, ridiculously talented human being. Um, and uh, I would say he's one of the artists that you both sweat a little bit. What does that mean? You know what sweating means. It's like a 90s, 80s, 90s term. <laughs> Were you bringing it back, Jay? Let's see your running man, Jay. <laughs> yeah, I'm not yeah. wearing pants. I'm not wearing Well, any- put on some Z Cavariccis. Yeah, you, you weren't shy about that before <laughs> when you got up to go. So, yeah, no, I don't. Uh, uh, Josh is a really great artist, and um, it's really interesting to see, um, to meet Josh when he was just starting to study at the GCA, at the Grand Central Academy at the time. And sort of just see how he matured into this like super. super yeah, he's like a really accomplished portrait artist, uh, and he's been like his a lot of his recent work seems to be kind of going in a Western art direction. Yeah, uh, and it's like whatever he applies himself to, the guy is just like ridiculously talented. You know, there's just sometimes when you meet those people. I have a few friends. Those people. Those he has people. A name. Those people who are just really good at everything they kind of try. 
I mean, he's really accomplished musician, which he gets into. Uh, I remember that much about about our uh, conversation. I mean, he was studying at the GCA when I was teaching there, and I would like rack my brain for something to say to him. But like, <laughs> the best I the best I could come up with is it's better than I could do. Yeah, uh, I have nothing to say. Move forward. Don't worry, I'm gonna cut this. Don't worry. There's a yeah, couple thanks, of times thanks, that I've, there's a few times when I've sat be you know would would sit in on. Uh, a, you know, critique or teaching somebody like that really good. And you sit down and you look at their painting and everything and you go, yeah. And you get up and walk <laughs> and just go to the next person. <laughs> so is it like brutal in the city, Jay Bron? Yeah. It's pretty fucking hot. Yeah. It's pretty yeah. hot. Where, where are you, Ted? I'm out in Long Island. What are you guys doing? What are you, how's work going? Well, Ted, you, have you been painting? <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, I'm out here for another little while, uh, and you know, I'm just on the beach every day painting, That's pretty so much great. all day. That's amazing. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's been it's been nice, uh, and it doesn't. Yeah, it, I mean, and the kids, kids are, are able. The kids are able to, you know, occupy themselves relatively. It's a little tough. That that part's a little bit hard. Um, it's really hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How about you? I've been painting a little bit. I just finished a um, kind of not not finished, but I was working on a painting, um, kind of here and there. Every so every few days, I'll have a, a few hours to paint. So uh, I've been working on that, and then I actually have been doing a, a few skateboard graphics for my friend's company at night. Oh, cool! Um, great flip skateboards, which is a really amazing. He's it's actually a very amazing skateboard company they have some of the best riders in the world but um but um yeah i've been doing i've been doing some graphics for him because you know it's fun to do anything creative at night when the kids go to bed so i'll just start drawing and doodling and you know and um so it's something to do uh, but otherwise not totally doing a ton of painting as much as you know anything that we were used to you know pre yeah, well, nothing is like pre twenty twenty. You know, it's like if I can get a few hours, hey, um, uh, um, you know, every every few days, that's 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 all right. We had a um, a tropical storm blow through, and I got to paint out like on the beach in the storm and like sixty mile an hour winds. That was pretty fun. Oh, wow. that's pretty awesome. How do you keep your? Easel? And then there were like huge. Uh, I weigh it down with uh, basically. I take all my paints, put them in a bag, and hang it on the easel. And then I, I couldn't put the easel up all the way. I had to like keep it a little bit lower to the ground. So I was like almost like doing a split while I was painting <laughs> to get low enough because I didn't want to be hunched over the whole time. And, and I had to keep one hand on the easel the whole time, you know, like I couldn't back up uh, or it would even with the weighted down, it would blow over. You've so, had your easel blown over before, right? Yeah, not a lot. It's happened for sure. But uh, it doesn't, I mean, I'm, I, I have a pretty good sense of like the wind and, uh, you know, you can also angle it in such a way that like uh, it's sort of sideways to the wind, which yeah. makes it a little bit less tippy. Do you bother putting an umbrella over you or no? You're kind of over that. For the rain, you mean? No, when you're like trying to shade yourself, if you're at the beach, you're in, you're in full sunlight. Yeah, no, I'm just in full sunlight. You're just in full That's light. why I'm orange right now. Yeah, no, you look you look healthy. <laughs> Get a little vitamin D in there, huh? 
yeah, I'm, I'm making up for the rest of the year. Yeah. <laughs> you get it all in now. I'm making up for you and Jay. Jay looks good. Oh, yeah. Um, but otherwise, yeah, just trying to paint, dreaming of painting. Oh, I told you about uh, on the way out to the beach, a uh, a box filled with my art supplies can you, and wait. Painting. Can you tell that story? Can you? I all I can say is, I had I have officially had some paintings that have been lost at sea. <laughs> <laughs> Seascape paintings lost at sea. Let's just along say with a, a good fountain pen and yeah. some other art supplies. Let's just say there was box boxes on top of boxes, and somebody was walking down a, a deck, and oopsie. No, 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 from the dock to the boat. Oh, it's from the dock to the boat, and oopsie, maybe maybe a box or two went flying into the ocean or yeah, the bay. Yeah. So. Bay, bay. Oh, poor Ted. <laughs> uh, it's all good now. Everything's <laughs> you know. <laughs> did you get your replacement stuff? I did, I did. And I got really into fountain pens. I know you're telling me like I'm really into drawing with a fountain pen. It's uh, like they're, they're cheap ones and uh, they're they're pretty cool for sketching. Yeah. The inks that you can get such an amazing amount of inks. Well, Um, they're all different kinds of colors, but then they're also kind of different nibs and and then nibs that can do different kinds of things. And uh, it's, it's a pretty like portable and versatile drawing tool. Uh, and the drawings like with the really, really fine nibs can look a little bit like etchings. Yeah. And I'm, you know, a huge fan of etchings. We had Dan Graves on talking about etching and I think, uh, it's just, it's an art form that I guess, uh, I don't know, I guess people still do it, but, uh, it's, there's just something so beautiful about like just the fineness of an etching. Maybe a little bit like a Anthony Whitechulis painting. <laughs> what do you? Um, what ink do you use when you're when you're drawing? Uh, there's this company called Platinum that has this carbon ink that's like super permanent. So one of the things that went into the bay was a sketchbook that I had that I've been using this uh, fountain pen with carbon ink uh, from Platinum, and the whole sketchbook was in the bay. Came out. It was all pages were all ruffled and everything. But the drawings were absolutely fine. Like, wow. The nothing ink didn't run at all. Like nothing happened to the ink. Uh, and it didn't go from one page to another. It didn't, nothing happened. So I'm really, really down with that, that, that carbon ink. <laughs> have you tried? It's um, like super permanent. Have you tried watercolor? Like do you do watercolor on top of it? I'm assuming it, yeah. It's you can with that. Uh, with that one, you can, yeah. I don't, but uh, I just like the kind of etching look. Pretty great. Uh, Jay Braun, have you been making guitars, playing guitars, playing music? Yeah, I've been making guitars. That's awesome. Doing, uh, I'm actually, I might have some guitars up for sale on the website because I'm at the point now where I'm What's the website? jbraun.com at the moment. Yeah, Jay Braun, Braun, Braun. I might, I don't know. I haven't decided yet if I'm going to put them up there or put them up somewhere else. But I'm at the point where I'm through all the orders of guitars I have and just like building guitars now. That's awesome. Yeah, so I'm kind of like curating my own stuff. I, but more than that, I've learned um, Adobe Premiere and I've been doing like music and videos and Pro Tools and, and Premiere. That's awesome. I got a, I got a ton of uh, really 
fun videos coming up, including the suggested donation podcast. Theme. Yeah, <laughs> stepping it up, stepping it up, Jay Braun. <laughs> I mean, I've been really busy. Uh, you know, it's good. Keep busy every freaking day. So yeah, so we got a new episode. Here you are. It's a good one, and I, you know, I think these type of um, conversations are really necessary and, and a really great way to kind of just get your mind focused on something else and kind of the mayhem that is surrounding us. So I hope you all enjoy this. I, I know I did. So, um, and please email with some suggestions and all the fun stuff. You know, we read it, we read them all. So keep them coming. We, and we thank don't. you, uh, to Treckle, Trickel. Trickel. And thank you to face conference. Is it Trickle uh, or Trickel? What is we it? Do this every time? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then, keep, uh, we can't keep doing the same bit over and over. <laughs> yeah, we can. This is it driving it into the ground. <laughs> It'll become funny again about 12, 12 times from this. Yeah, yeah. So you guys like Trickel. Yeah. Sideshow Bob and the Rakes. Um, <laughs> but uh uh also uh and thanks to Josh Larock, of course. Of course. Uh, and and check him out. Uh, see what he's he's doing. I guess on uh, maybe on Instagram or, or check out his website. Um, but and do we, Jay? Are you are you doing a, a Trickell plug? Like, do you have a? I a think spot we already did. Up? Uh, I I was waiting to see what we came up with. We'll see. <laughs> I think we just did. <laughs> that that probably means you're doing one, right? <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what happens. <laughs> very good well hey we miss you all we'll see you all yeah. soon and um, thanks we, for listening and send uh, some positive reviews our way please yes and great. and we'll see you all awesome best of luck and god bless god bless thanks guys see you jay braun i'm gonna um uh it's probably gonna take a while for the recording to load so i'll send it to you probably first thing tomorrow morning sounds good um all right dude uh, i'll give you a call ted you're gonna be around this week when you're yeah painting? i'm around you have your like head your headphones i don't bring there? my phone to the beach it's gonna wind up in the ocean if i do in the ocean i get Perfect. it later dude thanks jay braun 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 bye guys later, bye dude. have a great time jay all right braun. dude love you guys stop being right there. both to you bye, bye. you hit record why do you want to know welcome to suggested donation <laughs> podcast i'm edward minnow i'm tony Serenai. and we're joined by joshua larock who i'm jealous since the day i met you that you have maybe one of the coolest names in all of of all of <laughs> mo modern like contemporary art i was like why would you you're the one who has 
LaRock. I mean, there's nothing cooler than LaRock. Well, I probably should have stuck with the music business. Yeah, you should have been like a a musician. It's perfect for music. So you started out with music. I did, yeah. At one point, I wanted to be a musician. I wanted to be Dave Matthews, really. Uh (laughs) Why would you want to be (laughs) Dave (laughs) Matthews? Well, that was was high school and college, Josh. (laughs) Okay. We'll have to go ask him. But um, yeah, I just wanted to play my guitar and sing and, you know, things like that. But I just, I'm not the performing type. I just learned that after a while. You know, so well, you were yeah. playing the guitar in high school, yeah, at, like very seriously. Uh, yeah, I mean, maybe. <laughs> uh, where was this? You, were you being I was trained? in Colorado? In Colorado, were yeah. you being trained? Or, I mean, what, I mean, I took lessons. Lessons and yeah, stuff like I took that? lessons. Um, but yeah, I mean, I never got like really great. I wasn't playing gigs or anything mm-hmm. like that. You know, um, I was a drummer first. Actually, I did percussion in high school and then drummer and um, segued into the guitar. I did classical guitar for a little bit in really? college. Yeah. I didn't know that. But, yeah. And I was do you all over still do that at all, or is that totally behind you? Man, I, you know, there's just never enough time. Yeah. Once I moved to New York, I mean, I didn't take the guitars with me. Right. Because, and then, you know, it takes Who forever. has the space? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's true. Right now, I have them out in my studio. Oh, I have yeah. the guitars sort of out just to remind me to pick them up one day. Yeah. I think Maybe you a, could do like an instructional DVD and do the, your own music. Yeah. <laughs> How to play and paint at the same time. But I've lost all of it. I mean, I don't even have calluses on my hands any longer. You know? I remember so, like not playing for a long time and then going back and playing and having to redevelop those calluses. And I was like, this is the worst. Yeah. This is the They're just like bleeding fingers. Do you still play? I've never heard you play. Um, no, I haven't played in a while, but... Uh, my youth was the way you identified who your friends were. Yeah. It was like their taste in music because we were all in bands. Yeah. We all supported each other. We were, we all changed members. We all like, it was like super incestuous, like playing in each other's bands and yeah. going out to see our, each other uh, each other play. Um, so yeah, no. I where did up, you grow up again? New York. Okay. So in the West, city, New York City, and the suburbs, Westchester. Okay. Yeah. Bestchester. Worstchester. Yeah. <laughs> so it's um, so we would. Um, go in the city and 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 it was a big part of the whole like you know who i became as an artist is going into the city to either go skateboarding or record shopping and go see shows and whether it was like you know a rock and roll show or a singer songwriter or some underground whatever like that was a huge part of art for me and while you're in the city you're going to like look at art and maybe pop into some cool gallery even when i was like 14. I bet that was amazing. It I mean, was I had amazing. no access to any of that. You know, I grew up, up in, the, in the suburbs of, well, cool. Houston, but I don't know. I didn't know anything that was going on in Houston at the time. So were you drawing? Never go in. Yeah. Were you drawing in? Like, where was? Where did the art part come in? <coughs> I mean, that was that was later. That was later. I mean, I did art classes in high school and middle school and things. But like were that. you yeah. like the kid who was drawing kind really, of, really well uh, I mean, and could play the guitar. <laughs> no, I didn't. I actually didn't play the guitar then. Um, <laughs> symbols. Actually, we took a, I took a Triangle. high school trip to Ireland once. It was like a band, like a marching band trip, and I, I played the cowbell. More <laughs> <laughs> cowbell. Actually, I was switching. We I would switch with the uh, with this other person. We we would have the the Glockenspiel, the bell. You know, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And it's so it's so freaking heavy over the long. You know, we probably. I mean, we probably just should have sh- sucked. It up, but we would trade, and then the person who didn't have it would would carry play a the cowbell. <laughs> <laughs> I was super cool, but um, but no, I uh, yeah, I mean, I suppose I I kind of showed some talent 
or mm-hmm. something in high school and, and, and enjoyed it. But uh, not like serious interest. Well, I mean, my dad, my dad had like art materials around and he would kind of draw and paint. He did mostly watercolors, mm-hmm. but he, it was, he had like an art, he was a, he was an engineer. He had this artograph. Do you know what those are? Yeah, of course. Like these big, like projection yeah. things that you have on on top of a drafting table. Yeah, oh. they used to call you, them like Lucy's. I mean, artograph, but people called yeah. them. Well, Lucy's was a specific ones. Yeah, but they would be on a stand. Yeah, it's could, just you could be opaque. It's an opaque projector. Put, opaque projector. Yeah. Oh, the things that like in school they would yeah. like show you like the like whatever the X Y axis graph. Not like an the, overhead where yeah. it was like oh. those transparencies yeah, yeah. or whatever. Oh, but those are opaque, so yeah. it's just projecting. And it was like attached to a desk and like would hang out over the top of the desk so you could yeah. project you know like plans down oh down on the yeah. table okay. but he would use that he would use that for uh for doing art like he would you know he would put a photograph in there and then kind of trace it out and do watercolor and things so those were like those were like my earliest memories of like as a hobby art making yeah totally yeah yeah i mean um you know he didn't do a lot of them mm-hmm. or anything but you know he kind of drew and things like that so i think that was you know there was my initial indicate this is this is something that people did mm-hmm. you know I, or maybe i just i think i assumed as a kid that this is just something that everybody did mm-hmm. you know and so i kind of did it but you know i wasn't even aware that people still did it as a living mm-hmm. um yeah that, that there was a whole like dedicating your life to this yeah. <laughs> i mean <laughs> to I, <the> pursuit. <laughs> I was barely aware of you know old masters you know i mean i knew rembrandt and things like yeah. that but it wasn't like i was sort of steeped in this um you know, this rich art history. So where did that come from then? Really, once I moved to New York. Oh, yeah. Like, the learning curve was really steep. Um, What made you move to New York? Well, so I was in, um, I went to college in Colorado, Mm -hmm. and I was doing music business at the time because I was trying to segue out of the performing and still be involved in the music music industry. Right. And um, it was around that time, like my senior year, that that I found out about Sargent's work. Uh-huh. And I think it was just online, you know, there was this great website that was just dedicated to all its work. And I just was like eating it up. I just couldn't believe you it. Did you like accidentally something and accidentally you wound up on a sergeant page? <laughs> That's a great question. I don't know. I think, I, you know, John I was, Lennon, what is, who's this sergeant that it keeps yeah. on going to? Sergeant Pepper and John Lennon. <laughs> I really don't remember how I finally found that, that website. Or became really aware of him. I don't remember being really aware of it his work in high school. It was the singer part. Or seeking it out. Maybe. Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, I was searching about, I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. Mm-hmm. I was doing music business as a degree. I didn't entirely know that that was like something that I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I was kind of just trying to graduate in four years and figure out where my credits could be transferred and I could, you know, uh, maybe it would be something I was interested in and actually pursuing. But um, I was just, I was super idealistic. I, you know, I think I still am to some degree, but I wanted to just, um, you know, uh, I, I was looking at being a lawyer. Maybe I was looking into psychology. Uh-huh. I, uh, you know, so then I was, and I think I was researching what's the viability of actually being an artist. I, I thought about switching my major in college at one point, but at university of Colorado, the like art 101 was, you know, here's a piece of clay, sculpt your favorite food kind of thing for several yeah. hours. So like I immediately dropped out. And <laughs> I didn't know what I wanted. I just knew that that wasn't it. Right. You know, so, um, so anyway, so I was, somehow I came across Sargent's work and then came on, uh, across that website, found out he studied at an atelier with uh, Carolus Duran. Mm-hmm. I had no idea what atelier was. So yeah. I just Googled that. And then that took me to the Art Renewal website. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. 
So it's quite a rabbit hole. I know, yeah, right. but it's uh, to come kind of right out of it like that, meaning you didn't have any prior um, uh, exposure to, let's say, or, or a minimal amount of exposure to something classical or something like that. Yeah. That you were just like, okay, this is the right way to go. Very like, minimal. I'm, I'm, I mean, that's, in, that's, that's not so common. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it was... I always describe it looking back. I was just kind of like stumbling forward, stumbling around, <laughs> yeah. you know. What do you think um, it was about Sargent? Like why? I mean, they would just, I don't know. It, why is everybody attracted to Sargent? I mean, <laughs> yeah. you look at these things and well, they're brilliant. Well, a lot of people aren't. I mean, that's. He's <laughs> pretty popular. <laughs> yeah. He's pretty popular like here, but, you know, in, I don't know, mainstream culture, I don't think a whole lot of people who would stumble upon that would necessarily fixate on it. Well, maybe. I don't know. I mean, he seems like one of the 19th century artists, you know, early 20th century who paints, you know, very representationally that still gets major museum shows and, you know, things like that. Yeah. Um, I'm just thinking like you're, you know, looking at maybe being a lawyer, like psychology, yeah. music business and then you see Sargent. Yeah. What is it about that that like all of a sudden you're like, huh, painter? <laughs> It was dazzling. Well, I mean, I think I was actively trying to decide if like there was anything right. you know, viable about being an artist. Uh -huh. um, I had I had always thought about that in the kind of the back of my head, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, but it, you know, it just didn't seem like majoring in that in college was an option for me. Right. I just wasn't inspired. So um, I don't know. I was just dazzled. I so know, then just, you're the on technique, the atelier, the, and yeah, yeah. So so then I went to the Art Renewal website, and at the time, you know. I don't think it was very old. So this was like 2005. Mm -hmm. And I can't remember when Art Renault started, but they had a list of their approved ateliers, which is much smaller than it is now. Yeah. And uh, so Jacob, you know, the Water Street Atelier was on there, mm -hmm. um, Studio in Caminati, mm -hmm. Jeffrey Mims was there, and, mm -hmm. and then, of course, the Italian schools. Those are really the, the only ones I remember, like, considering. Yeah. The Italian schools were immediately out just because I couldn't figure out how to afford to go there. Yeah. And, um, you know, because you can't work, you know. Yeah. Or yeah. Just, you know, you'd have to do it under the table or something like that. But, um, and I was actually, I was, at the time, I was interning with, uh, with Dave Matthews Band's management company in mm -hmm. Charlottesville, Virginia. Mm -hmm. So this was right after I graduated in the summer of 2005. And that was kind of when the you know that thing whole fell apart for me not because it was like a terrible experience but just because I, I realized I didn't really want to be in the music industry yeah I got into it because I love music and the perks of being in the music industry just kind of wore off really fast you know it was management was probably the best like career like direction you could go in at the time because Napster had blown everything up oh, yeah. nobody knew how to make money um, selling records don't. anymore <laughs> yeah I mean so I mean the the way people do it is through like touring, concerts. Yeah. 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 And so the manager gets a piece of that and can, you know, but my experience there was just, it was like a lot of drama and that, you know, his, uh, Corin Capshaw is the name of uh, Dave Matthews manager. And, you know, he just seemed like really stressed and everybody kind of seemed really stressed. <laughs> and just wasn't. Yeah. The behind the scenes in, the, in that industry yeah. is pretty nuts. And yeah. like anything can go wrong and you're dealing with, you know, a promoter here who might be in unscrupulous, and unscrupulous like and, and personality yeah. and per personalities and, and all this stuff. So people who I know who are still in the industry and, you know, touring and being in some big bands and yeah. some not so big bands, they have similar horror stories. Yeah. yeah. Did you ever, cause I know you guys did uh, media at some point, right? Like mm -hmm. 
was there any crossover into music or I mean, oh is yeah, it, is I, I was, I was, I mean, a lot of my friends were, who are currently still in like touring bands. So it's mostly through your friends rather than, like, but I was, actually, I played, yeah, I de definitely yeah. played in bands and did small tours and grew up in New York playing clubs down, downtown, uh, downtown and oh, everything. I'm not musical. Yeah. But otherwise I knew it was, it was one of those moments even for me that when I was in certain bands and I was just like, I got to make a decision. Mm. Am I going to go art? Cause I knew that was the thing that was me. And then also being able to play in bands, um, you know, you're in high school yeah. or something like that. You were doing graffiti at the time. Yeah. yeah. That too. Yeah. But it's like all the things that I was doing that were really the one, the stuff I was more obsessed with mm. was, was, was drawing. Mm. I wasn't even painting really, mm. but like drawing and coloring, <laughs> I'll call it coloring than painting. Yeah. And then playing in bands and being a skateboarder, you know, and, and all that other stuff. And I was just like, no, I mean, it was the obvious thing to do. Was okay. All I ever really did was, you know, I would excel in art class and, and middle school and high school and even elementary school. Yeah. So I was like, that's the direction. So I was just mm. like, make a decision. I'm like going to art school. But did you, I mean, were you well steeped in kind of classical ideas and nope. traditions or anything? No, I was like, the only thing when I went to art school, it was like, well, I guess you got to be an illustrator. But I yeah. definitely knew that I didn't want to do, like I went and visited art colleges and I just automatically knew that modern, what would be considered not modern art, but um, when I would go look at fine art programs and I didn't know what fine art was. Uh -huh. I, you know, we've said this on the podcast many times, grew up on cartoons and comic yeah. books and stuff like that. And I was just like, oh, I want to be like, I like to draw well, mm. you know, and I like looking at cool drawings. So to learn how to do cool drawings, you had to go learn how to draw. And when I look at like the, the fine art program, I was like, oh, that's not for me until I found like illustration, which is like, oh, well, that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to make money by doing, mm. you know, commercials like work or right. book, book covers or something. So I was like, I did that. Yeah. I was like, that's what you're supposed to do. And then found like fine art later. Mm. I didn't realize that was a thing. Yeah. But then you took a segue into like a media company, right? Like, isn't that well, what, how started, you guys met? Yeah, yeah. Well, no, we met through graffiti. But oh, then we right. both started. Tunnel. Yeah. We oh, met yeah. in the New York city subway system, uh, uh, you know, in the tunnels, <laughs> we actually physically like we met, met in inside the tunnels, not on a platform, like in the tunnels. That's crazy. Do you, you remember the tunnel? Yeah. Yo, yeah. 72nd oh, yeah. street. Freedom mm. tunnels. Freedom tunnels. Do you yeah. guys go back there to just sort of like. Whole yeah, 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 yeah. Friendly, friendly this is where it all started. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we just do like one dance, just one dance. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you'll come and play guitar for no, us. No, we can't. There's, there's like Trump I buildings know, over the entrance yeah. now. Oh, no. yeah. You can't get down there anymore. But, um, but uh, he even ruined that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very good. But uh, uh, so no, like, so we got in media, meaning we ended up uh, out of out of college and stuff. We started working. In, we actually started in, working in movies. Uh, yeah, for a guy named Ralph Bakshi. Ralph Bakshi, who was like this. He was the only guy other than Disney to be making feature length animated films. Okay. Up until you know you started to have like DreamWorks and all these other, but it. For a period, I think it was like in the seventies. It was like Disney, and there was Ralph Bakshi, and he was doing like more adult-oriented, like, like, like uh, Lord Steve. of the Rings. He mm. did, and and uh, like Fritz the Cat, and well, they then, did all yeah, these like Fritz you know, the Cat, and all okay. these other really kind of underground. And he was super, in, he was he's, really fun, but he was fun, but like nutty. <laughs> what, what films did you guys work on? He I, was working on something for the Cartoon Network, yeah. okay. and so we jumped on, and I, like he's he was very. Um, he was like, 
just all heart and maybe not great at the like details and I I don't I don't know if it ever actually materialized or finalized but like it was all it was just it was fun it was a little bit crazy and uh I don't know if any, if any of it went anywhere but then we both wound up over at uh, MTV Oh yeah, and we right. worked on like Beavis and Butthead and That's that right. whole yeah. era of yeah. like all the cartoons that were coming out at the time, and then eventually. And they had like pretty cool stuff. Yeah, ways time. for us to kind of do our own thing. Yeah. So we were working on the video music awards and stuff like that. Uh, it was it was fun and. I was creating like the look of the '90s of parts of MTV, which was a little bit more urban. Yeah. Like centric as far as like oh like, like there's graffiti and street stuff and like their ads and yeah. that was me you and know, i was doing of some it. of those like animated like mtv logo things that's crazy you know? yeah that's cool yeah and we left i left tons of influence you guys yeah. had just it's weird because the way we came to you know when we're asking people about oh how'd you come to this you know it's like because yeah. it is interesting because a lot of people have you know stories that make sense and are maybe a little similar but it's surprising how many people came at it from a like a trajectory that was like oh that was pretty interesting like yeah. how'd that happen yeah so something like yours like i'm i'm surprised not surprised because like yeah. everything is not surprising it's just fun to hear for sure because you know we were going i eventually found something that would be like contemporary realism or realism or something like that and i was like we were making cartoons or we we're doing graffiti but i always knew that i was wanted to do this thing because i was an illustrator and the illustrators studied with somebody who studied with somebody who studied with, like, you know, Jerome. Yeah. So how did you find how did you find Water Street then? Did you find it together, like, while you were working at MTV? Yeah. We, yeah. I was working at Disney. Well, no, we were working at MTV together, and we studied with Jacob at the National Academy. Was that – were we both at MTV? We were both at MTV at the time, oh, yeah. Okay. And then – No, because remember I had a when you, – when you went and started studying with Jacob – you were still at MTV. No, I was at Disney because I was under contract and I couldn't. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I I had my own company. So yeah. I was able to like go study with Jacob. But I was we, like, I'll see you guys in like eight months <laughs> or something like that. It was something like that. Yeah. yeah. So we, I went there and I was just like, yeah, this is what I want to do. Okay. And it was kind of crazy. So, so you, were doing, you were doing both things at the same time, both of you. Yeah, yeah, but I remember hearing about him, and I brought him up to you because I went to School of Visual Arts, and mm. I was studying with. Well, like, he was teaching with Michael Grimaldi at the National Academy yeah. of Design, so we started taking that night class, and it was like the last three months, and then they both like left the National Academy and didn't come back, and oh, so. Right. But we kept in touch with them. We kept in touch, yeah, and then uh, I had my own company, so I was able to have like a little more flexibility. So I was studying three mornings a week, which is all it was mm. at the time, and then. Uh, Eventually. That was all he offered. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but then they moved to Water Street, and uh, eventually it was like I was barely showing up to the office. <laughs> of your own company. Yeah. <laughs> and it just seemed obvious to yeah. everybody involved. Like one of my partners had moved off to L.A. and opened an L.A. office. Uh, so we were in New York and L.A., and it was me and one partner in New York and him out in L.A. And uh, I just it, – it, it was, I was never there. And it was so obvious that, like, I just, there was something I was, like, uh, in love with doing. And there was something that, like, I, I thought was great. It was fun, mm. and but it wasn't the thing. And Interesting. So eventually I walked away. But what about you? Yeah. Like, so when you saw, like, Jacob and, not Jacob, but the, the uh, ARC and then these approved ateliers, you kind of were like, this is, this 
this seems really interesting. Well, I didn't know. I mean, I was so I was in I was on the East Coast. I was in Charlottesville, and I it was a summer internship. And they would have, they would have asked me to continue. At least that's my understanding. And maybe I would have been on the, the track to get like a band to manage. Yeah. You know, like a baby band or something like that, and yeah. figure out how to do it. Um, but I just decided this wasn't for me. So while I was moving back, so I was going to move back to my with my folks to to Houston. Um, we decided to take a road trip. Uh, so it was in Charlottesville. We went down to North Carolina. Where Who's Jeff, we? My dad and I. So okay. he came out there and, um, you know, he was helping me move back. Um, we went down to North Carolina to Southern Pines where Jeffrey Mims uh, was located. It's, he's still there is my understanding. Yeah. And um, so I, you know, I toured the, I toured the school and saw his, saw his, um, his atelier. I mean, he was a super nice guy. And I mean, I was, I, I had no, you know, frame of reference for any of this stuff. So it was mm-hmm. all new. I mean, I had seen from the ARC website, you know, things like about cast drawing and, you know, figure paintings and things that like makes that. makes sense to you? Or were you like, this just, what is this like foreign, weird, like thing? I, th- I think so. I thought it, I mean, yeah, I think I thought it was different i had never seen it before but it seemed to make it seemed logical to me mm-hmm. i think right away it made sense that you were going to sort of you know try to get good at this like any other discipline you know like you would practice when you're practicing music you've got to practice scales yeah you know and so this seemed like a, just a direct sort of parallel um with studying with studying music so you you popped over there with, yeah. in this road trip and was that like a convincing moment or were you like, okay, this is a good, but I still need to explore what this thing is. Well, I, well, so, on the, so the road trip included all three. So I, I, oh. so I went to Jeffrey Mims. I mean, I remember that just being uh, really interesting. He had an Anagoni painting in, um, in there and I'd never seen anything like that. I think, you know, cause I really hadn't gone to museums all that much. Yeah. And Not that you see an Anagoni in a most museums, yeah. which is uh, unfortunate. I had no idea who he was. It was this incredible portrait. It's called Mr. Reedy. I don't know if you know that by by name. It's just this the portrait of this this English guy, uh-huh. and um, and I just was I was blown away by it. And then he had a self portrait that was fantastic, and he had you know some of his larger scale things that he was kind of working on that just seemed super interesting. Yeah. Um, but so then we drove up to Philadelphia and I visited Studio Incominati and, you know, got to meet Nelson Shanks, you know, very briefly and kind of tour the program. And then from there we, we went up to, went up to New York and, um, you know, I got a quick tour of Water Street, which was then on 69th Street. Oh, right. In right. Jacob's house. Oh, is that, oh, that's right. Yeah. 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 Studio 69. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, that was, uh, I mean, that was really interesting. That's, I don't know. I mean, I got the sense from the other two schools. It wasn't really clear how much, you know, Nelson or Jeffrey were like, were like hands on. Right. Um, I didn't know. Um, it, you know, it seems like looking back on it, maybe that was right. They were, you know, kind of around, but Jacobs, I don't know. It was just so intimate. Like you're in his house. Yeah. And you would walk, I walked in there and you know, the students were in session. Everybody was around the model. His dog is like humping your leg. <laughs> Finney, yeah. <laughs> Finney and I would become close uh, <laughs> in years to come. Um, but you know, so then, so then we, I, I got to tour that. I mean, it was a pretty quick visit, but Jacob took me back and we did like a little interview and uh-huh. he did his thing where he tries to kind of, talk you know, like talk you out of it you and scare you <laughs> that there's no way you're going to make a living. Um, <laughs> little did you know. Yeah. But was it, was Jacob even like, uh, could I see some of your drawings? Did you have drawings? Did you have anything to I show? I had a little portfolio. Yeah. From I mean, Colorado? Yeah. I mean, I had, I mean, I had done like a little portrait of my niece for my sister you know, yeah. from a photograph. I had done 
Um, I done a little charcoal drawing of. Uh, do you guys know who uh, Khalil, Khalil Gibran is? He that wrote this, this book called The Prophet. I think it may be Gibran. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I've it was really. Book, yeah. He just had this cool photo on the back, so I had done this little charcoal thing. Um, you know, so I didn't have a lot. I definitely didn't have a lot. I, d- I did take a drawing class in in college, which was you know, like my first experience with painting the live model. Um, did you show that? Or? I think I must have. Yeah. I can't remember, to be totally honest. And then you're like, but if you want to hear me play the triangle, <laughs> I got a good cowbell. Good yeah. I keep right on beat. Yeah. Uh, no, I left, I, I left that part out. Um, but, uh, you know, so then he said, "Go okay, we'll go do a cast drawing. Right. You know, and, you're like, and, a what? Yeah. <laughs> like, go buy a cast and do a cast drawing? Basically, yeah. yeah. I th- and I think I was more or less aware of what those were. Yeah. But I just sort of... You can research, research it at that online. point. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so I went back, back to Houston. I, you know, I moved back and... Um, was your was your dad like, what are you doing? Or was he like kind of psyched? Because he, he has a little bit of that in him. I mean, he was doing watercolor drawings. So was he kind of, oh, that's cool. You want to be an artist. Yeah, they were supportive for sure. I mean, they were open. They were open to it. I mean, I think they, you know, they would have been fine if I was a lawyer. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> but Whatever, they like, <laughs> They weren't pushing me in that direction. Do you have siblings? I have an older sister. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. She's uh, seven years older than I am though. So she, she at that time, you know, was married, um, already had two kids and, oh, things, well. and they were, they were in the same suburb as my parents in Houston. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, so they were supportive. I mean, I, I think, you know, they thought it was interesting. My dad enjoyed, you know, visiting the schools. Um, I was probably the most familiar with New York too. I had, I had visited there a couple of times. Um, with Dave Matthews man. No, no, <laughs> no, just separate. But, uh, you know, and so then all those things led together. That just seemed like the clear kind of front runner for me, if I could mm-hmm. make that work. Um, and at that but point, I was 23. You, yeah, yeah. And at that point you have to be like, well, how now I got to make this thing work. I'm going to be living in yeah. New York city and I'm going to be going to do this thing. And yeah. you're kind of, not that you're starting from scratch, but you are starting from the beginning mm-hmm. of something that you now, I'm sure, or quickly you realize is something that's very long and hard, and something that you're you're all in, or else it ain't gonna work. Well, I, I don't know. I think I was pretty naive. Yeah, you know, just kind of sort of going in a good way. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. it dawned on me later, just sort of like the particular. Like, oh, this is really long <laughs> form. <laughs> long, 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 long. Yeah, form. or just like that you were gonna eventually be an entrepreneur. Yeah. you know, and have to figure wear all those hats and figure it out. Um, but really, I didn't know. I, so I went out there. This was like April. Um, you know, so it had been nearly a year since I'd graduated college, but. I, th- I thought maybe I would go off and join the Peace Corps. I mean, like, seriously, I was just super idealistic. I wanted to do something meaningful. I think that was kind of like the underlying things of, like, all the pursuits is I just wanted to find mm-hmm. something meaningful. I felt like so many people around me just really hated what they did. Yeah, yeah. And I was determined not to be one of those. Yeah. I, I didn't know what it meant, so, you know. Um, so I thought, I don't know, I was gonna, there were these, like, service projects. I thought I was going to go and maybe, like, drive a dump truck for this, like, uh, Appalachia service project, which built houses for families and things. But I got to New York and, and just loved it. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of things kind of started to click and, you know, uh, the method of instruction was really logical. Mm-hmm. I felt, you yeah. know, so it made sense to me. And then, um, so I stayed. You know, and, <laughs> and then when, when you said you're like, okay, I'm all in now, what was, 
on top of that, were you now like, since I'm all in doing this work, I need to start going out and, you know, most of the, a lot of the people who will come, let's say to like the Grand Central Atelier or go to an Atelier have like, oh, I'm familiar with all these artists in mm -hmm. the past. And these are the, like my, my heroes where you like, well, I got to go kind of learn about all these artists now that people are talking about who, who is that person? Yeah. You know? Yeah. There was a lot of that. I mean, I think my, you know, my first awareness of like the 19th century painters was from, uh, ARC and then, yeah. you know, what people were talking about in school, you know? Um, I remember, you know, right away, Bouguereau was really somebody who stood out to me. I loved yeah. Frederick Layton's work, mm -hmm. uh, Alma Tadema. I mean, those, and those were very heavily sort of uh, posted on ARC. Like, like pushed yeah. by ARC, yeah. you, know? you know. Which is a good thing. I love yeah, all, for every sure. one of them. Yeah. So I remember those being sort of like the early standouts. And, and then, being like, okay, here's a standard that I'd like yeah. to, like, these are, these are, you know, the ones. So it I guess built like, on sort of just like the way I was dazzled by Sargent you know, yeah. and just seeing these new things that I just didn't know existed at all. And so then the whole, you know, 19th century art world, I didn't know anything about. Yeah. But so most of the research was stuff online. Um, and so then what, did you start to see them in person when you're in New York, like going to the Met? For or sure. Yeah. I mean, places? so that was, that was amazing. Yeah. To have that wealth of great art to go look at yeah and, you know think i mean about. seeing the surface of a bougaro is like yeah. it just it kind of boggles the mind yeah. and, and particularly if you're like just starting out trying to paint and you realize like like i'm putting a brush stroke down and it looks like i just How put a brush stroke down yeah. <laughs> what, did, what is he doing <laughs> yeah <laughs> no yeah i mean it's just wizardry <laughs> totally i mean i was just enamored with it yeah and and so then that kind of you know just let me deeper into the obsession. <laughs> was it, did it become kind of more of this like obsessive, like obsessive thing in your, at least in the beginning of being at Jacobs? Like, did you, were you like, this is, this is it like blinders up and I'm, I'm going to go for it. Cause I, I'll say this. I remember, um, not being at the GCA for a bit mm -hmm. and then coming back in to be like, all right, I'm here. Mm -hmm. And people were like, Scott Laurent, um, you know, uh, Scott Laurent. <laughs> you know who Scott Laurent is? Do you know who Scott Laurent is? I do. Is? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're in the music thing, yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was different John kind of music. <laughs> yeah, it was a little different than Dave Matthews. Um, but uh, Josh Rock, I remember hearing your name being passed around. as like, oh, he's like super, super good. You know, I was like, oh, who's this guy? And like, you know, yeah. I thought, yeah. I thought that you were like, oh, you were like, been doing this since you were in like, you know fifth grade I was kind of like pursuing this thing and now I found you know yeah no I mean it seemed to kind of click somewhat rapidly I mm -hmm. mean in like that first year there mm -hmm. was definitely like an uptick in the quality of what I felt like I could do um but I think my like evaluating myself it was gradual I don't remember there being like this defining moment where I was just like this is this is it and this is going to mm -hmm. be it but it also might be that you just started with like a real innate talent because I mean I, I also remember hearing uh -huh. like you know Jacob talking about this like young guy who just came in who's just like unbelievably talented. Oh, that's cool. And uh, so maybe you just started off just because of some innate ability, and and then it's been maybe gradual, but starting from sure. like pretty far along. I don't know. How did yeah. that cast drawing? Yeah, I know you can't yeah. say it yourself, but yeah. how did that cast drawing that you went off to do yourself come out? Like, did that 
was that like a solid cast drawing or was no it a, i mean not looking back on it i mean yeah. i didn't know you know i was trying to be really sort of sensitive and, and right understand what like the bits and pieces that i could pick from whatever articles there were yeah yeah um you know online or in magazines or something like that mm-hmm. um but i mean you know like the second or th- probably yeah the second one that i did actually in the studio was where things started to make more sense to me right you know with like understanding how light interacts with yeah. a, a surface yeah right values and just sort of understanding the direction of the light i mean just these fundamental things but they just made sense to me and so then you know uh you could just distill a lot of the the just ambiguity out of it i guess because mm-hmm. it it was physics i don't yeah. know yeah i think i had always been interested in science and physics so yeah. i think that helped i wonder though that um that this this possibility of like an you know untapped talent that you just kind of naturally had uh-huh. and no um bad habits <laughs> you know what i mean like you didn't have a history of being doing this since sixth grade and, and developing not bad habits but habits that are from the eye of a you know sixth grader up until now that it yeah. was super fresh so you got to start from point a and not have to break down certain things I think that's yeah I think that's a good point I think yeah. I, I didn't have anything to unlearn yeah you know and I could see my peers around me sort of kind of like trying to stitch different ideas together who were your peers at that time when you were there like who are some of the people well um I remember Nick Hiltner oh yeah you yeah. know Sam Wisniewski yeah um Kristen Kuntz yeah uh, Heisung yeah, song yeah. um and I can't remember exactly what it any of their backgrounds were, but you know, I just, I, there were, there were people who had just, you know, they were trying to assimilate different ideas and different, yeah. you know, even just, I don't know, different ways of measuring, even though they're basically the same principles. Yeah. Sometimes people just sort of struggled to find the, the underlying commonality or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. You know, but sometimes yeah, it takes, you know, I remember something clicking in, in something making sense that didn't make sense a week earlier yeah. or a day earlier and also I was like oh and it's just and then from that point on it was like oh, okay from I start from this point now yeah to move forward yeah so that happens so was there a point when you got into the model room that you were like oh I want to paint people mm. or is that something you always kind of had in your head back of your head you're like well I want to be an artist Sergeant but I Bougaro. Yeah, but you're like, I, I want to be an artist, and what does that mean? Yeah. Or was it like, I want to be a figure painter, I want to be, you know, I, I don't see you as a portrait painter, even though you do amazing portraits, mm. but I see you as like a figure, like you paint the, you paint people, you paint the human form in one way or another. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, I don't know if there was, I mean, it was just so much fun. It was so much fun to be in front of a model, you know, and just, I think I just, the the way light interacts with form and volumes and things like that it just became it's just, just the craft of it yeah was so exciting and uh I, I mean i think i probably sort of ascribed to some degree or it would explain it to myself that if you can paint the figure you can do anything yeah you it's know in true. a way <laughs> you know just because of how difficult it is yeah. uh so i guess maybe i i that was enough for me to say this is going to be the all-in and then you know if i decide to go in other directions I'll have my toolkit or something right. available yeah. uh, you know because I loved landscape painting I, I think if, if of any like art that I knew prior to come you know the ARC or any of that stuff it was probably the Hudson River School yeah like I had seen their paintings and sort of was vaguely aware of 
Yeah, they were always, even kind of in the dark days of information of trying to find, at least dark days for us, of trying to find images and stuff, Uh I think the Hudson River School was always like, oh, yeah, that's kind of available. It was available, but but it was really like loathed. yeah, but it would be in reproduced. Oh it, my god! I it, mean, you, and you could pick up those paintings for like fifteen bucks. Oh, I mean, gosh. nobody wanted them. Oh, that would be good. But it was something <laughs> that I remember being like, "Oh, landscape painting," you know, whatever you want to call it, like realis- realism, or realistic landscaping, was something that I remember seeing. Yeah, anywhere from again cartoons having backgrounds, even if they're cartoony, to like. You know, when you were getting into movies and watching Star Wars and Raiders of the Lost Ark, matte painters, Mm -hmm. you know, there was that, oh, landscape painting is this thing that's not like, yet you kind of see, you know, in in the back of a a movie, there would be a a, a painting, you know, in in Mm -hmm. the back wall, it was like a landscape. It's an interesting thing, like that back in Hollywood, there were a lot of like, pretty amazing artists but like musicians composers uh yeah, painters i mean they like behind like the, the films needed you know background paintings and music they they writers mm-hmm. i mean like they got great artists yeah. to just come out because they were throwing money around i guess yeah well, well they just needed became... it they needed the talent look at now look at like the you know even the computer graphics and stuff they're doing these are people who are creating this stuff they're incredibly talented and creative yeah. to do that type of stuff well and it just became the dominant art form yeah you know of our culture so it makes sense that that would that would attract the talent mm-hmm. yeah you know in a lot of ways i mean yeah so so you were like all right i'm just going to start really i'm really kind of jazzed about the figure so i'm going to kind of follow this thing so you're look at this point i mean looking at somebody like bougaro yeah i'm assuming that you were still continuing to look at bougaro because i so get like a a um the spirit of what Bougaro was doing when I look at some of your work. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, he, yeah, he became more and more somebody that I would return to. Cause I just, I thought the way that he painted flesh was yeah, he's, he's pretty, pretty good. remarkable. He's pretty good at yeah. Now you're kind of <laughs> over it, but <laughs> <laughs> I figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, that old, been there, done that. <laughs> um, but then were you looking at, like, let's say, Jacob's career and seeing him painting, like, large figurative paintings and thinking, like, okay, that's something that can happen. That, like, yeah, I mean, that was, a, that was incredible. I mean, because we got to be in his studio well, while he was working on a show right. of figure paintings. Yeah. So uh, that can't help but be inspiring, right. you know, to see that. And he was painting them along next to us in the, you know, in the figure room a lot So of the you time. guys are sharing the same model, yeah. and he's painting, like, this big thing, and you're trying to do, like, maybe a drawing or a smaller painting right. of the same. That's yeah. pretty amazing. I mean, that was, that was probably the, you know, looking back on it, the thing that I was most sort of grateful for. Mm-hmm. You know, cause, uh, it, and how rare it is, yeah. I think, to have had that experience. Yeah. Um, you know, among just sort of like the different forms that our school takes. Yeah, he's uh, been, I think, uh, over the years, like very kind of open and welcoming into his own studio. Okay, and yeah. I think, yeah, I think Tony and I visited his studio together mm-hmm. for the first time. And, and he was in Brooklyn. Both of us like walked out just like so ridiculously inspired. Yeah. He had like cardboard cutouts that he had made of like figures to put against like a background that he was painting and he had already painted the figure and he was just like working his shades with these pulleys that you know and his like weird visor on and he was just like this mad scientist 
but it was so like there was just so much energy and yeah. passion and it's like you look at that you can't help but want to like you just that's a life like he's yeah. just like living every second of it with like love and passion and it's just you can't help but be inspired by that. Yeah, and but even practically, here was somebody making paintings, selling them in galleries. Yeah. So it just made the viability, yeah, you know, idea just. And go you're way seeing up. how he goes from like blank canvas to finished painting, and then you see that painting framed and varnished in a in a gallery, and right. it's like, I you know I mean imagine you could do that with Bouguereau, like just oh, figure yeah. out what what his process was. How did he do that? It'd be amazing. Yeah. So. Uh, I mean, those were extremely formative years, yeah. Yeah, and so then you're in that environment, kind of envisioning, like, just figurative painting and, and kind of a career for yourself. I guess. I mean, I, I still think I just didn't... I was 23, 24. I didn't have to think too hard about it. Plenty I just time. liked it. I didn't have any responsibilities. Yeah. And uh, Boy, so that I, this change. is what I was doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Changes very fast. Yeah. Uh, we all have kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the heroic I mean, moment. Yeah. Yeah, but is it, you know, when you were having, God, I remember when your wife was like pregnant with, you know, but was it, <laughs> was it, there, did it change a lot? I know it did for us, but you were like, now there's this thing that I'm super passionate about, and now I have to like, it's a, there's a bigger picture now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, did it influence like your decisions and/or what you were going to paint at all? Or are you still like no? I'm gonna. I'm still jazzed about this thing. I'm just gonna figure out how that applies to. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I was just trying to figure it out. I was just trying to figure out once I left school, how do I continue to paint for models? You know, so then just the practicality of you know coming up with the cash to pay for models yeah. and being used to these really long, luxurious sessions. <laughs> yeah, over a hundred hours. <laughs> yeah, like. Which when was you, great when you for were learning in but when you were in school. Yeah, you had all you had to do is worry about. Just showing up on time, and you yeah. had all day to paint yeah. this thing. Yeah. Right, and I was actually I was Jacob's studio assistant for yeah. a bit there too, so I would like got tuition, you know, uh, free. Yeah. So you know, uh, is that when you amazing. were developing that incredible painting that you did of your wife as uh, like you you did kind of an amalgam of a Bouguereau painting, right. but your wife yeah. uh, in the same pose. That was basically the first piece I did out of school. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I was I was basically trying to figure out okay how do I take Clearly, Bouguereau is doing something different, right? You know, whether it was like painting from natural light because we were using artificial light, you know, the oh, entire right. time we were That's studying right. uh, at that time, and you know, or w how is he deviating? You know, how is he selecting? And and you know, uh, so I was trying to just figure out how do I now like make a piece of art, mm -hmm. which you know I really hadn't quite thought about. I mean, we'd, I'd done still lives. I was doing still lives, you know, mm -hmm. the entire time I was studying, just in nights and weekends, things like that. To earn a few bucks here and were you, there. There oh, was, you were selling were, those yeah because there were those small galleries around the city that you could you could take things to um yeah i don't know if that's a thing anymore the art student showcase shut down yeah. yeah but you know how many there were there was always little that spots like you could go to yeah. godsend for really so many was. of us yeah, yeah. That, like, that 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 paid bills for yeah. us and it wasn't you know we and, and it allowed us to practice mm -hmm. so we were able to practice all the time and be like yeah i can get like a little bit for this yeah. but it, it like even that little bit was just we take that and just put it towards the next painting yeah or the rent or food yeah. or art materials and that was really i wonder is that is is there that some like that type of thing for some of these ateliers out there the, I mean, the, the ability to sell now yeah i guess you're right yeah instagram i guess 
you know, people are buying stuff maybe. You know, because if the price point's low enough, it's easier to sell on Instagram. I could see that being relatively common. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so you're like, okay, I'm out of school. I'm going to paint this painting. And did that kind of help? Let start me see the... what this Bougaro guy is up to. Yeah. But you did that painting, that great painting of your wife. And were you like, okay, this is now going to be like a portfolio piece. I'm going to go out and start getting jobs or I'm just going to just keep painting whatever the hell I want. I was really just trying to figure it out, you know, but that, that piece did seem to be sort of the first thing that got me. Yeah, some, that can open some doors. That one. Yeah. You know, um, I, were you just working on that and you're like, do you have a studio in your home? I had a, we had a, we had a, we were lucky to find a little two bedroom apartment, um, on 109th street, uh-huh. you know, so it was still a part of the area on the East side that was affordable enough to be able to, you know, have a place to live. But it was this small little rectangular room that was like seven feet wide, you know, uh-huh. by 10 feet long. But it did have a window. Yeah. It did have uh, a north facing window, even though it was blocked by partially the fire escape or something yeah. like <laughs> that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I could, I could actually paint from natural light. So that was my first experience doing that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then my wife could sit for me so I didn't have to come up with the, right. With the, the hundred hours, <laughs> yeah. the pay for a hundred hours. So, yeah. you know, it was just a way to continue this thing and, and try to advance it one mm-hmm. little baby step, you know? Um, but yeah, people seem to resonate with that picture. And was know? it a deviation? Did you feel like from what you had been doing just as a student in terms mm-hmm. of the approach or was it pretty much like you're applying what you know how to do from studying all these years to this other composition and it was yeah I was I was deviating more and more you know because the the basic methodology at, at Water Street at the time was what we call window shading right, right where you just sort of paint form by form and the rest of the thing might be just a blank canvas right so I was kind of experimenting with underpaintings even while I was studying because mm-hmm. I was re- I was trying to just read as much about Bureau's technique as I could find and there were there were some things you could see online yeah you know. some unfinished paintings yeah. that you can see kind yeah of how he's layering or like. even like uh, just papers that were written by some of his students oh yeah you know that would they kind of had these little you know um tidbits of information that you could grapple onto but it was clear that he was working in layers i just didn't know exactly how yeah so that was maybe the main devi- deviation that i was doing underpainting and kind of going over you know kind of successive layers and, yeah. and things like that yeah or just like these semi-transparent and like sanding in between things. layers or no. just painting pretty thinly and yeah not yeah yeah pretty thinly i didn't really know what glazing was you know right we were never taught that. Yeah. And there wasn't really any great definitive stuff I could find online at the time. Yeah. I mean, James Gurney's website was hugely influential to me throughout Gurney the journey. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's so like prolific and like just writing, painting and, and like investigating and then explaining. It's and, incredible. Yeah. I don't know how he does that. <laughs> He's yeah. a force. I yeah. talked to him at the portrait society a couple of years ago and his wife said he just, he doesn't sleep. It seems that way. Yeah. I mean, I, so, um, when we when he was on the, the podcast uh, he would like pull out his uh, little sketchbook yeah. and show us all these little awesome oh paintings gosh, I'm like that's yeah. awesome and at some point we're sitting there talking with him and he started painting us <laughs> and I was just like dude you really are, like you're the real deal you know <laughs> like he was like oh I can just do a quick painting and I was yeah. like man you're like I He's wish like, well, made me like feel well, these bad guys about are myself. talking on some tangent I'm yeah. just gonna start sketching and and his wife started sketching us and I was like oh, like they're the like, yeah they're really kind of doing it it's like amazing. It, it's so inspiring. Yeah. It's like what he's we... he's so generous. <clears throat> it was like that idealism that we had during like the, that first year of um, 
water shoot we were like everything has to be this like he never stopped yeah. <laughs> like he's just keep on he kind of keeps on that yeah. like youthful like just paint everything it's yeah. so cool it's so fun like he it's the best thing it. in the world to be he an just artist loves it. Yeah. yeah his yeah. he keeps posting these like pictures at like airports of like the plane you know at the the jetway yeah. and all those i'm just like never even occurred to me to draw those airplanes but his airplane drawings are so good and i've always loved like building model airplanes uh, why wouldn't i draw it so, like why didn't that occur to me yeah yeah, yeah. it's incredible you can just keep that going that just level of curiosity yeah. you know and passion and and anyway so, i've never kept a sketchbook really very very consistently i've yeah. always wanted to i have like a bunch of notes that i'll do on scraps of paper and then i'll say oh i'm going to put these all into like a I do it off and on. I have, like, dozens of sketchbooks. I do, I mean, particularly, like, for wave paintings, it it all started with sketchbooks, and I was filling sketchbooks with just, like, little details uh, because I I just couldn't handle painting and trying to figure it out at the same Mm -hmm. time, so I found that drawing was better, and actually trying to make a drawing was too much as well. So Mm -hmm. if I could just do little diagrams, it was a way for me to just, like, start studying, and, and I a little sketchbook felt like a, you know I wouldn't get too invested in anything uh-huh. and, and it was a great way to you know I spent years filling up sketchbooks yeah. and just kind of dissecting moments that's awesome I mean I, th- we sh- I should be doing it you know for sure yeah I mean it's great yeah we were also talking to um, Daniel Green about like his subway paintings and just mm-hmm. how uh, great the lighting is on people who are sitting on the subway because it's this overhead light and it's like the shadow shapes are so compelling and you know when people kind of fall asleep a little bit they get these i mean it's just they they all look like that um the beethoven cast you know where you get the shadows in the eyes everybody looks great (laughs) and it just makes you want to draw that's, that's interesting. I've never done Have you ever done the subway picture? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah we were yeah. talking about that it's earlier today that yeah. when, you know, I would sit around and any moment I would pull out like a little sketchbook and do like quick sketches of people, uh-huh. especially during the, like, let's say Water Street days mm-hmm. when, and even, no, no, even in college because I was taking life drawing class and with like Stephen Assail yeah, and yeah. stuff like that. So uh, even during Water Street, I would be on the subway and to almost warm up. Mm. on the way there I would mm. be like doing quick drawings because mm. I was like you gotta do these all day long every day and it's like that kind of idealism well, I remember of, seeing Michael Grimaldi's sketchbooks yeah. uh, he had those you know those black artist sketchbooks and he would like tone the pages with like watercolor uh-huh. pastels and then do these like it, it was just all these people other artists who you kind of knew and they're just like pictures from like three quarters behind that he would do like <laughs> sitting at a, like a lecture or, or like they're drawing the model and they think he's drawing the model, but he's drawing them. <laughs> and they're just like amazing little yeah. block ins. I mean, obviously quick. And he's, I think, tends to not be like a super fast worker. But yeah. like, so there were, I think, uh, the ones as I remember them, like very kind of just blocked in, but like perfect, mm-hmm. like likeness, solid. And mm. um, so you're, you're then like on James Gurney's site and figuring out a little bit about glazing. And, <laughs> <laughs> That's probably where I would have found, yeah, the most information readily available, you know, because he would comb through like old like documents and books and things yeah. like yeah. that and then give you the relevant information. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, I was just piecing it together, trying and to piece you, together a certain method. And were you going to see the actual, because didn't Fred Ross have that Bouguereau at the time? He did. Yeah, that was incredible. Yeah, so we, I think that was even when we were, I was still studying. We, we did a studio trip out to his house, and he had that Bouguereau, <laughs> and he had several other Bouguereaus, and there was a Viber there. Oh, I, I remember. I've never yeah. seen Viber, and I just, so... That was incredible, yeah. That uh, Bougaro in particular and yeah. seeing it in person. I remember going to his house and seeing it too and just being like, holy cow, how is that possible? I know. And you're looking at it. Your nose is like yeah. two inches from it, and it's still you can't figure it out. I know. Yeah. <laughs> that was my But it seems like you figured it out. <laughs> I don't know if I did. I mean, I just the, the way, the, just the dexterity with which he, you know, was able to lay all that in. Mm-hmm. You know, it was so deft and um, just close. So as far as like your process and stuff, is there, um, is, is there, I'd love to hear, and I'm sure the audience would love to hear a little bit of like how you approach a painting these days. Cause mm. you, you know, when I've seen you do live demos and I've, I saw it just the other day mm. here, we're, we're at a conference in, in Williamsburg, Virginia right now. What it, when you're in your studio, mm. like how do you approach a painting? Because I know that sometimes we get requests about people being like, "Oh, how does you know her, he or she do that?" Yeah. Um, well, I mean, it starts like anything else with the drawing. I mean, yeah. you know, trying to having a general idea or concept or something. So, so are you doing a drawing on a, on paper or are yeah. you drawing right on a canvas? Yeah, usually on paper. Yeah, you know, because um, I'm always just trying to sort of find like option have option value. You know, so that I can, my ideas, I don't, I never really have been one of the artists who has like the clearest vision of how something's going to look. I just have a kernel of an idea, you know, whether it's like a figure or, you know, portrait or something like that. And you kind of like on the spot start fleshing out the idea. Ha ha. Literally. But uh, fleshing out the idea. (laughs) So bad. (laughs) In in front of you, like, okay, I'm going to start posing and I'm going to start seeing what looks right Right. to me and what's going to be, what's going to make me interesting right. interested in this for the long haul right um so like you know the most consistent thing that i'm doing now to like kind of what i was doing as a student was like these bather paintings that i that i create mm-hmm. which are they're basically nudes but with a bit of drapery and they're kind of like in this watery environment just because mm-hmm. it kind of gives it enough of a context and some interesting reflections and stuff but yeah i mean so i just start with a drawing um on tone page it's not a fully rendered drawing um, but so it's on a tone, you know, piece of paper. Drawings that are un- just enough to get the major information. Right, shadows, and light, and then you can, you know, use accuracy. some white chalk. Yeah, yeah, use some white chalk to get the, to pick out highlights and stuff. And so yeah. there's sort of this abbreviated kind of roundness that takes shape, and it's just like enough to, um, you know, get a sense whether or not this is going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but they're usually relatively small. And, uh, so then I'll take that and I'll transfer it to the canvas, you know, so I'll have a general side, the idea of how big I want it. But I'm usually enlarging it, usually yeah. enlarging the drawing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll do that by either scanning the, the drawing and putting it into a projector um, or, you know, like gridding it out or something. Yeah. I, don't, I probably don't do gridding very much. I'll probably more, most commonly just use photocopies, you know, scan the drawing and yeah. you can make a photocopy and enlarge it and, then, mm-hmm. you know, do an oil transfer on the back of that. I think it's interesting to grid, but sometimes I'm like I worked really hard on that drawing and I spent a long time and Mm -hmm. like it was a struggle and I don't want to the decisions I'm going to I'm going to stick with these decisions and sometimes with gridding it 
you're doing slightly different decisions. Well, but a lot of it's, yeah, I mean, a lot of it's just also just pragmatically trying to figure out, you know. Time-wise, too. Yeah, yeah, I'm spending my time on this. You know, I, I've never actually, like, calculated my hours, yeah. but there is don't, some don't, sort of by the wage. Way, don't calculate your hours. <laughs> yeah, <It's> I depressing. know. <laughs> I know. You know, to just you figure out what is your know. hourly wage that yeah, you're actually don't, paying Don't yourself. do that. <laughs> but you at least understand that, you know, the more time you spend on something, then your, you know, yeah. your time costs go up. Yeah. You know, yeah, so yeah. I'm just trying to figure out how do I how do I cut as much of the non-essential stuff out. <laughs> yeah. like I'm going in the opposite direction. Like I'm now <laughs> making my own like panels. I'm I'm priming my own yeah. linen. I'm like all this stuff that if I actually took the time to add on, I'd be like, oh God. I remember doing I'm gonna go back to the gap. <laughs> I remember doing paintings. Yeah, I don't even know if they're still a thing. I remember yeah, they're uh, I remember doing paintings and selling them and asking the person who bought it if I can have it back so I can work on it for a little bit longer. Yeah. And they're like, What? <laughs> and I was like, I just it could be a little bit better and they're like, It's I I bought it already. You don't have to and I was like, I'd like to and then I would tell that story to somebody who's not an artist and they're like, You're an idiot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've like, done that with galleries and they're like, No, it's sold, you're not touching <laughs> it because if you do, maybe they don't want to buy it anymore. Yeah. Like and I'm like, But I can't live with this. I love that spirit though, you know what I mean? Like We've got to keep that alive. That's just all the other pressures, you know. That's the, that's kind of the struggle now. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if it's not worth doing, I think if if that goes dead, right. you know. Yeah. Yeah. I remember. I mean, just you know, I would, I, uh, would read these books on like Messonnier, you know, who was like the the most uh, you know highly paid uh, artist in the 19th century France, and before he was getting ready to exhibit the. Um, that big Napoleon painting that's now in the Met. What's yeah. it called? Friedland? Yeah, yeah. The name. yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. The night before he was going to go... Uh, shoots it. No, well, no, that, that was the one that his, his, his son put a sword put through. Put a sword yeah. through it. But he was still working on it, and he was getting ready to exhibit the next day, and he scrapes off the faces of, like, the, like, the primary <laughs> cavaliers or something like that and paints them, like, the, the night before. Yeah, you know? But just this... He just... He could do it. You know, he felt like... I can't. I can't have those faces looking yeah, at yeah. me for the rest of my life. And I paint all these tiny pictures. I yeah. got this one big one. Yeah. If those three faces are staring at me, I'm gonna feel bad. Yeah. That was like a ten year project. Yeah. But I don't know. Just the spirit behind that, I think, is the admirable. thing. The, there's a the, <laughs> I think hardy, but admirable. it's funny because yeah. we all know that. Yeah. I know ex- yeah. it's like sounds crazy, but I'm like, yeah, no, we all. I'm like, that. yeah, but I'm like, yep, I get it. Yeah, like we've done of our version of that. I've just I did that pretty recently, yeah. where I was like I just screwed myself yeah. in the sense of like timing, where now I just gave myself a ton of work, but and I'm I shouldn't have done that I shouldn't have done that, but mm. you're I'm all in now. I did that a week ago. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty common. It's it's a little nutty. So you would transfer your drawing onto the canvas, and then you would just I mean you I'm assuming you do like uh, underpainting. Yeah. So I I mean the the basic. The basic method, they all take on a life of their own, but the basic method is to do sort of like an initial pass that's thinner, you know. In color? In color or? Full color. Full color. Yeah, I'm always using full color. Um, and just to give some context, some yeah. general, you know, light and dark and things like that. Do you also feel like the, like, maybe monotone uh, underpainting would be, monochrome underpainting would be, like, deadening for the color, or or is it just because you want to work out those color relationships. Maybe, yeah. I mean, I just, I, you know, I find that it's so contextual, like the way color looks and yeah. the way light looks. So I'm just desperate to get some context in right away. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I mean, I, it makes sense to do sort of a monochrome underpainting because then you just don't, you're not having to juggle color right away. Mm-hmm. 
but I guess as I got more comfortable with the process or just this particular process that I would develop for myself where I, why not just go right for it, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and then I can correct it even if the colors are all over the place, mm-hmm. you know. I, I, I mean, I love the color. And I know that's yeah. pretty much now. I've done them all, you know, but I really exclusively lately just been doing like, well, I'm just going to go with some thinned out color because yeah. it just, yeah. to me, it starts reading yeah. so well, even though I'm such a hardcore advocate of like value, like mm-hmm. every, like the value structure has to be sound or else this thing can't work. Well, sure. for me, it's just still that like that cheap thrill, <laughs> really quickly of getting color in there. Like in a I have in a such day, a hard time with that. In a day, I can get like, oh, it looks like uh-huh. what it, I'm going for, you know? Yeah. If I see like, like those colors though, like kind of thin out uh-huh. on a canvas with the white canvas showing through, it's like it it never it means a whole you. lot to me. Like mm-hmm. it, the color relationships, I just I can't. They're not substantial enough like the mm-hmm. paint to i mean unless i paint really you know thicker but i, I don't usually like to do that hmm. you uh, do enough you do so you do a monochrome i do yeah 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 i mean you know it all works right oh, yeah i, mean, I love that works i love that you, like, as well i love grisaille no, it's too. just i mean i i like the idea of working those colors and i've tried it and i uh, just like the it never makes sense to me and then also the the values are so confusing in that state, mm-hmm. either I start yeah. painting really thickly at the beginning. Uh, yeah, the values or, are off. Right, or the values are totally off, but yeah. also the color is totally off, yeah. and maybe their the color relationships are like starting to develop something, but I, I find that like hard to, I, I don't find it particularly helpful, and I, yeah. I do find like that, you know, whatever umber kind yeah. of underpainting to be like, all right, now I know what the values are. I just need to put the right color on top, and if I match the value, the values will be what I want them to be. Do the values get any lighter or darker in the in the next layer, in the color layer? Uh, well, they don't get lighter, but uh, <laughs> they, they don't. No, but okay. they pretty much stay the same. I mean, the the darks, the dark darks do get darker, yeah. so the contrast uh, gets greater. But um, I mean, it's hard to make it uh, lighter than. The white canvas that's oh, underneath so the priming, yeah. yeah, at the lightest lights, yeah. Right, yeah. The thing, the thing I like about that when I do do like a wipeout or or umber underpainting is how fast you can get a sense of the light. It Meaning, does feel really good. It's really like, fast, and it's also it feels like an old master painting because yeah. it's like all brown yeah. and <laughs> and the light is so like i don't know i i find those underpaintings you know whether it's even brown or like green or whatever but like uh, i just find them so compelling sure uh and then that's inspiring for me to paint on top of yeah i mean they're beautiful there's no doubt yeah so when you're when you do your underpainting and now that's dried are you usually just going in there pretty opaquely like the next know, layer yeah you know you're pretty much going for it you're 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 Putting down some paint. Yeah, the next layer is really trying to kind of go for the final, you yeah. know, note as much as I can. You yeah. know, yeah. so the lights get lighter, darks get darker because the paint gets more opaque. And um, I don't know. I just find that the context underneath just helps me make better decisions. Mm-hmm. You know, the yeah. color, and and then the third pass uh, would be more for refining. You know, so like you know, using more transparent paint to glaze or scumble and kind of bring together color harmonies or, you know, round out the form a little bit more. Or something. Mm-hmm. Get, that's when, like, getting the surface 
that's where I worry about the surface the most. Yeah. Like um, the surface quality, like yeah. the brush strokes. And, right. Yeah. Yeah. Obscuring the brush strokes or, you know, trying to get some of those like interesting optical kind of effects that, that I see in Bougaros, you know? Yeah. The um, like trend. I mean, I, I saw an unfinished Bougaro uh, and the arm had these like blue stripes that yeah. looked like a kid painted them, but they were, <laughs> I guess, if you layered skin over that, you know, a couple layers that blue stripe becomes a beautiful vein, vein yeah. Yeah, yeah it's looks, really interesting. And it I looks mean, like he's actually just imitating nature in that sense where um, he's just adding, th- you know, skin on top of it, right. and it's going to look exactly like nature. I've done yeah. stuff like that with, um, you know, with with flesh, but also, let's say I had a, a, a vase, mm-hmm. and and. Um, I'll paint the vase without like the crazy design on it. Yeah. So I'll paint the vase in its state of a vase just to get the the three dimensions of it. Yeah. And then I would thinly paint the stuff over it to look because ex- like that's a pattern ex- on the yeah. But yeah. that's exactly what happened to the vase itself. Right. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Or glass where I would do the back of the glass first, mm-hmm. and I would like let that dry, and then I paint the front of the glass mm-hmm. in front of it. So mm-hmm. you're seeing through the exactly what's going on yeah. i'm just like well i'm just going to do what is actually happening yeah. in real life i think it's great i mean because yeah. then the light actually does Goes sort of interact it. with yeah. the layers of paint in it's a very similar way it's weird yeah. how lifelike it can look mm. um because it's almost like it's almost it's imitating nature enough that i'm like yeah it's doing the same like it's phenomenal for sure yeah yeah are you pushing the like in the lower layer like the very first layer do you have to push the chroma like beyond what you think it'll be in let's say the second pass or the third pass um not necessarily no you know because there are different considerations like i can in like lighter areas where i might do more glazing uh-huh. you know taking a dark over a light to get like a sort of rosiness or a chromatic thing i can I'll actually paint the underpainting brighter right right anticipating it's going to get a little darker when the glaze goes over the top of it right um but then there are other areas where it's like you know like in the into the shadow as the form turns into the shadow where it gets a little grayer you could i could intentionally darken the underpainting Mm -hmm. more than maybe i intend and so then if you take a light sort of scumbled over that then it like neutralizes and you get this you know like those optical grays exactly yeah so um that's probably the extent of how i'm anticipating the uh, the final layer mm-hmm. but most of it's just i'm just trying to get it right <laughs> <laughs> i'm not trying to do anything crazy here but i'm just trying to get it right and then things just happen you know i mean like bob ross is happy accidents when you paint in yeah. layers you know there's just yeah. things that kind of happen you didn't anticipate yeah yeah it's hard to yeah. predict how pain is gonna behave and yeah. then it doesn't always behave the same way when you do the same thing twice right so do you have like uh, more or less like a formula that you follow with your paints or are you just open palette going for it type of thing? Yeah, just open palette. I mean, uh, you mean like color strings or something like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, because there's like a consistency. I, yeah, I've just never really gotten myself to be able to do that. Yeah. I don't know why. Maybe it's just my personality or something. But yeah, I'll just kind of whack away at it and test. I mean, I, I sort of have strings laid out, laid out on my palette. Like yeah. I'll have you yellows. Like automatically. And, kind yeah. Of, yeah. But there's like yellows that are more chromatic and then ones that are sort of a little darker and less chroma. And then there's a darker, low, low chroma yellow. Yeah. So there's sort of a string that's there. And so then that mimics, you know, how the color works as you work across the form. Yeah. Right. Are those you pre-mixing paint or are those? Tube paints. Tube. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I'll just have, you know, like a cad yellow and an ochre and then, 
you know, transparent yellow oxide and then a raw umber. Yeah. You know, so they're just like four different yeah, know, types yeah. of yellow, different values. Everybody's like writing down right now. <laughs> like, Wait, what was that? <laughs> Back it up, rewind, rewind. Yeah. <laughs> like, <"Whoa." laughs> it's all with, on the website. Which, yeah. <laughs> Here's my stuff. Yeah. <laughs> all on the website. What? So now, um, are you doing portraits as far as like, you know, commission portraits? Yeah. Are you doing more? I'm going to do a bunch of paintings, put throw them up on in a gallery and, and see what happens. Yeah, I mean, I... Uh, you know, my career ended up sort of taking, you know, a, you know, turn into portraiture mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, which I was happy about. I mm -hmm. mean, it was, it, it's a good, it's a good career move, you yeah. know, and, and historically always been sort of one of the top ways that, you know, yeah, portraiture is still a thing being used. Yeah. And even that's also one of the few things that still has like a deep tradition well, it's pretty awesome. Like, if you're interested in painting people and you're yeah. used to having to pay somebody to sit for you, it's kind of nice when somebody's yeah. like, how about this? I'll pay you <laughs> to paint me. Yeah, I mean, so it's been good. I mean, but I've always done sort of, you know, I've kind of had the different streams. You know, I'll do portraiture, which tends to be sort of like the larger part of, you know, my studio practice. And then do a little teaching and I'll do gallery works, yeah. you know, um, which are just sort of like my own visions and projects and then um you know other sort of like side things like videos and things like that you know to just sort of i know you yeah you, my eggs and all in one basket you just <laughs> had a video come out um that you did pretty recently did it come out yet yeah mm -hmm. yeah so, yeah i did a yeah i did that with uh, with streamline yeah um, and was it was a portrait it was like a just a uh, a shoulder up portrait yeah right? yeah head and shoulders um but basically you know detailing that that whole process the whole process that yeah. we just kind of talked it was about. pretty long for me it was a long video 16 hours or so wow really yeah. mm -hmm. that's how many that's uh, hours of painting is compressed into 16 hours i mean of video? maybe i mean we didn't cut too much out so maybe 20 oh wow you know wow. it's done in four days yeah um there, there's really that that type of thing just didn't exist for us yeah. Really. I mean, I they have video some thing. videos, but yeah. like the idea that you can almost watch somebody in real time, yeah. you know, like there was from, the Antonio Lopez Garcia one. Yeah, mm. but that was like a that was like a like a that was like an art film in the sense that kind it of, was but like, it's beautiful. But it was yeah. also you see him like cutting the canvas and stretching yeah. it and yeah. doing the drawing, and I guess it didn't all work out. But when he's know. doing the quince tree, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it didn't work out. Well, he abandoned. He abandoned it. it like, oh, know, I like, didn't know. I haven't seen uh, this one. Spoiler alert! <laughs> <laughs> you ruined the ending. <laughs> Shut off this podcast right now if yeah. you don't want to know the ending of <laughs> the Dream, Dream of Light. Of light. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, uh, so yeah, you have the video now. Teaching. I know uh -huh. that we ran into each other in in um in texas um because you were teaching a workshop is that but you're now in austin I yeah because you before austin though you were in north carolina yep yeah. and i know you're down there for a little bit and you were doing we were videos two years yeah and that was like that was pretty cool like we would pop in yeah like on and see you guys talk you were doing interviews with people but you were also like painting down there and that's like that was like a like that was Awesome is you and Michael Klein, yeah, and Lewis Carr, and Lewis, yeah, yeah. I mean, that was great. I mean, it was fun to collaborate and and do those things and try to have a shared studio and and take some of the community aspect of what we had in New York and you know transfer it somewhere else mm -hmm. that is just you know 
less expensive. Yeah, <laughs> essentially. Yeah, yeah. Is tough. yeah. Um, but just logistically, I mean, because I at that time I had I had a two year old. Yeah, and and so that just totally changed the way you know I interacted with the city. Yeah, we always thought we would be there forever. Like, I love New York City, and I, I I liked the idea of raising my kids there, and, mm-hmm. and still do and would. Yeah. Um, but logistically, it just gets so much harder. Yeah. You know, I go down from two incomes to one, and um, so at any rate. We were trying to kind of figure out how do we take what we loved about New York and find some sort of balance, balance like that. And it was great. I mean, it was a good time. I enjoyed it. I mean, Michael, Michael and I shared a studio for a long time uh, in New York. Oh, I didn't know. It that. was about. It was probably four years. Oh, was that in the Bronx? Uh, no, there was one. It was in Spanish Harlem. Okay. Hundred seventeenth. We were there for two years. Uh huh. And then we were. I had found a small studio with a gorgeous North Light skylight uh, on Twenty Third street yeah oh, wow um, how'd you find that yeah i know <laughs> yeah i don't know i i think it was ads online i was just looking for a studio um that seems like too good to be true yeah i mean it was i mean <laughs> the heat did not work super good oh. uh, <laughs> and it was were, all a dream but <laughs> there were <laughs> i mean there were there were like wires hanging sort of from yeah, the yeah. ceiling <laughs> and stuff like that right. you know so it was a death trap but it was a good good <laughs> it wasn't good quite rent, yeah Nice light. It wasn't a commercial space that, you know, many other places could, like, <laughs> run a business from if they had to, like, accept clients and things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, I mean, I was scraping the floors, <laughs> uh, you know, and laying paint down and stuff like that. But the skylight was the yeah the thing I just couldn't. And the, the rent was actually okay. I mean, I shared it with another guy, and then Michael came in at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, he had just moved back from Argentina. Oh, yeah, and we yeah. Had become we had become sort of fast friends. We didn't study at the same time. Yeah. But... Um, he was yeah. just before you. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we were there for a couple years, and then there, the space opened up on 117th Street, and we went up there because it had two skylights and mm-hmm. and a little bit bigger space, yeah. and so we had grand visions of doing shows and you know hosting <laughs> workshops, which he, which we eventually did. Um, and then the building sold. You know the old New York story. The, yeah. The building that the studio was in sold, and then the new owner tried to jack the rent up. Double, you know. Well, probably trying I'm to get I'm you. I'm surprised out so it was only double. Maybe into condos. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it was so interesting because I the last time I was there, uh, and this is at least three years ago now. The building was still vacant. Nothing has yeah. Happened, yeah. You know. So I don't know if they just overshot what they thought they could get, and they weren't ready to. Anyway, I don't know how it works, but <laughs> we couldn't afford it anymore, and so mm-hmm. that was sort of like the impetus to, like one of the main events to leave the city. Mm-hmm. that catalyzed us. We've got to figure this out. Do we do we try to find another studio in the Bronx or, you know, go out in Queens or Brooklyn or something like that and, you know, find something that would work. But Or North Carolina. Yeah, well, we, we, well, we were looking at sort of mid-sized cities. Yeah. You know, something that ha- still had something to offer in terms of some culture and things like that. Yeah. But, you know, the cost of living uh, and quality of life was a little bit higher. Mm-hmm. So, um yeah, North Carolina uh, just sort of won out. We were looking at kind of like Philadelphia. We looked at Austin at the time. Mm-hmm. We looked at Nashville, and uh, at the end, of, it's it's hard to get th- you know three couples to decide on anything. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to get two people to decide on anything. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, what I mean, just the the decision making process took a little bit of time. Yeah. And uh, it was the place we kind of could all agree on and say, let's give it a shot. So mm-hmm. we did. Um, and it was good, and I enjoyed it. And it was fun. I loved doing the line. I loved kind of yeah, know, that was really good. 
Yeah. The internet just provides so much opportunity now mm-hmm. to you know produce content, you know mm-hmm. podcasts, videos, whatever. One have interactions, and like have, interaction have a community globally. Yeah, you know. Um, I mean, I think it's you know it's still not the same as being in the same city or no. studio or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, but it still provides a lot of um, you know interaction, which is good. Yeah. So I loved it. You know, I, at the end, I just sort of uh, it. It's all just like a time. It's a time thing. You know, we had another kid, and I just was trying to stay in front of the easel as much as possible. So I eventually just sort of told those guys I needed to kind of take a step back. And we wanted to be near family, too. So, yeah. you know, because no, none of us are from North Carolina. Right. With little it's kids, great, it's, yeah. it's like really hard. Having yeah. family is so, like, to be able to have, like, some backstop if you need yeah. to be somewhere and, like, just to have somebody who's like, yeah, yeah, yeah no, I can take the kids. Right. Okay. Because I travel so much. Yeah. I and mean, that's a huge part of what it is to be an artist, particularly, you know, doing portraits. But by the time you add up, I do, you know, like, you know, five workshops a year and then travel for however many portraits and then, you know, a couple conferences and things like that. It's a lot. I mean, it's yeah. at least once a month. Wow. You know, and so with little kids, I just, I felt bad leaving my wife and, you know, um, I mean, she's, she's great. She can, she can handle it. But it's just, yeah, just to provide a little bit of, you know relief for her or there are times where she can come with me and you know join me on things yeah that's great so how'd you settle in because you eventually moved to austin mm-hmm. how'd you set how'd you settle on austin well my family's in houston ah, okay. um and we just i don't know we weren't interested in houston it yeah. just didn't quite have the you know because it's not like we were going to live downtown it's in too houston. humid <laughs> it's humid it's flat i mean the city is an interesting place it's yeah, growing it's a lot too yeah. there's a lot going on there's, there's a, a good on. museum um you know, I know uh, Sarah Lamb and, and Sarah her husband are and there. Dave and Dave down there. Yeah. And they love it. Um, we just weren't going to, you know, be able to afford living downtown mm-hmm. to, like, sort of interact with that on any regular basis. I just didn't want to live in the suburbs of Houston. Yeah. Austin Austin just sort of has an interesting vibe. You know, there's yeah. stuff going on. Austin hillier. is really – there's a lot going on in yeah. Austin. To the point now that Austin is not a – a cheap place. It's like not, everybody yeah. wants to move to Austin. Yeah. I really want to go there for a motorcycle race. And like I said, we're going to arrange that. The but Circuit of the Americas is down there. Coda. Really? Yeah. The Do you race? Or you just want no, to... no, I want to see the okay. the MotoGP race there. Where is it? What part of the city it's is at, it in? It's just out east. They have oh, right. um, the only, it's the only F1 track in the States, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they have... So they have the Formula One there. Formula One. They have motorcycle, oh, okay. MotoGP. It's pretty amazing how Austin has, um, you know, South by Southwest and that, and yeah. you know, Austin, they have huge uh, <coughs> festivals of something. I mean, every couple of months, yeah. there's people coming in and out of that place like crazy. Well, and so it felt more like New York in that yeah, regard. Yeah, for you sure. Know, it's just that there are people coming through, doing business of their own. Yeah. You know, well, the who tech are clients thing. or whatever. You know, yeah, the big yeah. tech thing is yeah. like really going kind of booming and is there awesome. art that you look at there like kind of mm. uh museums or or collections that you that are inspiring not that i've explored to you yeah. do you know of any you spent no money? not really i mean i think some a place like austin has potential because of the cultural part of it like yeah, it's so yeah. they have so much cool like the cool vibe but also cool. the school has a lot of money and they're yeah i, I know that they're acquiring stuff yeah i don't know ut, UT. Yeah, yeah i don't know if they're acquiring art that we would be interested in but i know that they're like they're pretty aggressively like buying yeah to build up the you know yeah well i mean 
Um, I think Graydon said that there were some interesting. So Graydon Parish yeah. lives in Austin as well. Oh yeah. And uh, but I mean he's he's probably the best source. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's got an incredible <laughs> his, collection. His collection's pretty. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so he's the museum. Yeah. He's the museum. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's he's got this Charles Barg chess player. Chess players. It's just unreal. I love that painting. It's so beautiful. Um, and you can get right up on it. You know, it's not yeah. like a museum where you can't, you know. But, yeah. um, I mean, but then there's, you know, there's there's great museums in Dallas and Fort Worth and yeah. Houston and San Antonio. Yeah. You know, so those so are not all too within far. three hours. Yeah. Drive. Yeah. I mean, up in Dallas, you have the DMA, but then you have um, the Kimball, yeah. and the Eamon Car- Carter. Mm-hmm. And they have like, oh, and, and the um, at SMU. They have the, the the meadows and they have like Velasquez and and really yeah oh, and they have right. a nice one and they have like Tarbell and they oh, have wow, a cool. couple they have Goyas and some Saroyas it's it's very much like a you know um, Spanish yeah uh, collection yeah. and they have like impressive collection for a college where is SMU in Dallas okay it's like right in Dallas and they have an impressive collection and the DMA is good. Yeah. Um, and again, the Kimball's like worth going to, and all of those are like they're good. I, yeah. That's why I was always surprised that Austin doesn't have like a legit like the Austin Museum of Art. And I've talked to people down there, and they're just like, well, they tried, and they have this, they have the museum there, but it's there is an Austin Museum of Art. It isn't, but it's called what is it called? It's the name is leaving me right now. Okay. But it, but yeah. they do have a museum, but it's not you know it's not like. Dallas Museum of Art right. or any of the yeah. other ones, you know. They have a great cowbell installation. <laughs> <They're gonna love laughs> they have UT football. I mean, that's very big. That's <laughs> no, you hook them, hook them horns. Yeah. Um, so you're in Austin, and are, are you? I know it's pretty new, right? Yeah, now. we moved. We moved last March. Um, are you feeling pretty good about it? Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's a good spot for us. Yeah. There's no reason to leave. I was pretty excited because you know I'm in Dallas now, and yeah. I was just like, oh, some of my people in yeah, here, yeah. so I could I could drive three hours and be like, come on, I know. let's do this. We need to do that more regularly for sure. Yeah, and I think just this, this summer and was mm-hmm. I was in New York from May to September, yeah. and then we came back and like it was a little bit crazy. Oh, it's the same for us. Yeah, yeah. and, we, and we, we just moved and yeah. everything. So I think when things settle. Um, you know, there, there's definitely, there's surprisingly a bunch of people are kind of moving to Texas, yeah. not only from LA, but from New York and stuff right. like that, like, uh, Julio Reyes and all oh, that. Right. They, they yeah. live in Candace, know, in Candace and yeah. stuff. They moved to they're Fort, great. They're in Fort Worth. I know. We so all gotta get together. We all have to yeah, get yeah, together. I reached out. Well, we Texas party. Make it happen. Yeah. We can all go see the motorcycle. There you go. Oh, yeah. When is it? <laughs> and have barbecue <laughs> and have barbecue, yeah. which would be really fun. Yeah. Um, uh, well, thanks so much, Josh. This has been really awesome. Kind of went by really fast. I know that went by really fast. That was a, that was about an hour and a half. So <laughs> do you want me to do you want me to text her? I mean, or do you feel like that's a good way to kind yeah. of, um, close yeah, it yeah, out? Yeah, yeah, it's all good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But thanks for but thank you, you know coming in and just yeah, like talking good. and and I it, this was really fun because you know I've known you for a long time. Yeah. You know, and I've I've kind of seen you at the beginning and saw what you've matured to. Thanks. And it's just, it's really impressive and, and really inspiring to see, you know, how good you are and have gotten oh. and where you're going with this. So I'm like, you know, a lot of eyeballs from us, we're all kind of like watching. Well, thank you. No, I mean, and, and <laughs> no, but my sincere thanks to you guys too. I mean, you definitely played a role in my 
you know, education you were teaching you know, here and there in <laughs> yeah. those times. All I remember it. is having like terrible anxiety every time I had to look at your paintings. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> they were so much better than anything I could do. I was just like, what am I going to say? Guy? Like, what am I supposed to do here? Like, no, I've got nothing to say. Like, I, what can you tell me? <laughs> not true. <laughs> um, but, but seriously, yeah. Thank you. Well, yeah. thank you, and um, and yeah, really looking forward to seeing more of your work yeah. as as you kind of continue and and make uh, Austin your home and see how it develops. Appreciate it. Thanks. And I'll see awesome. you pretty soon. I'll be driving down there soon. And I'm like, let's get dinner. Yeah, <laughs> do it, Franklin's. Yeah. All right, and thank you for you, the listening audience, um, tuning in on this one. This was a real fun one for us. This is like family. So and uh, all getting like geeking out on <laughs> process. Oh yeah, I know. Right now we're gonna get uh, uh, emails for that one to be like, that was really cool because you actually talked like you know a little bit of tech on that oh, one. Right I was on. like, yeah, you're yeah. welcomed. <laughs> all right, well, thank you. All right, Happy to do it. Thanks, guys. Yep.